Blog Talk Radio. Beyond Fear live broadcast. I'm Susan Larison Dance, and today is Saturday, May 21st, 2022. On the last show, I talked about an upcoming hearing on UFOs and UAPs that the Congress was holding in the U.S. And I do recognize that a substantial number of you listening to this program are not in the United States, but this particular hearing was actually of interest beyond the U.S. as well. And I'm only going to briefly talk about it here because I referred to having a follow-up discussion last week. But I will say some of what happened and the atmosphere surrounding it in particular did lead me to focus on this topic today, just how important, once again, that spirituality is to our future, to our growth, to our vitality, and yes, to our explorations of any and all things. As to the hearing, it was very um, materially focused. um, And although I made some attempts in some of the online discussion to inject a little bit of spirituality into one feed, in fact, I kind of came in and withdrew, if you want to know the truth, because they're just... There are people who are just very, very focused on the what one can call the nuts and bolts of this particular issue. And although I did share from some years ago a wonderful conversation that Stephen Bassett and I had where we kind of met, um, where spirituality met this nuts and bolts view, and we also discovered we weren't that far apart on some things, although I do want to talk about that a little bit more as to what spirituality really is. Most of the discussion around this was very, very materially focused, the best I can put it. And so there really wasn't much I could inject into it. And in fact, although I had some more listens to this program last week, it wasn't prompted at all by anything that happened around that conversation, which I find very interesting. So where are we here in the world, in our lives? The two are very much related we are approaching a very critical point, clearly. And I have to honestly say that anyone who has experienced and objectively observed the existence of something higher than those who focus only on the material tend to know Or if they do glimpse it, they deny it. Although if you see enough of it, you can't. We know just how pointless it is to keep focusing in a space where we are in denial of spirituality. And spirituality is a very personal thing. It happens person 
by person. Yes, you can, of course, join together in the midst of it. And in fact, you will feel that connection to other people. You will. But choosing to open yourself to the spiritual, to the love-based spirituality that is available to you, is very much a personal choice. And it's something I invite. It is not something that can be artificially simulated. You will know, and I hope you have seen through other episodes, I am not an advocate of going out and taking some substance to to supposedly give you a spiritual experience. I know that there are cultures who were knowledgeable in that and even many ancient cultures, but that is playing with fire. And it truthfully isn't even necessary for you to live a connected life and have really quite amazing things, intuitive things occur. You will see synchronicities. Your dreams may be very meaningful. Some people um, have, there's a whole range of experience that one can have. And I invite you to gently step in to what that is. Don't go for the crash course if you can avoid it. And you certainly can um, if you're wanting to play with fire. So that is something I also want to say and make very clear how I feel about that. Um, Spirituality is who you are. Another area that is not helpful, and this, this does relate to the conversation I had with Stephen Batsett many years ago because he was talking at one point about how telepathy was a part of some of the things that people report and some of those experiences are quite dark. I know that there are light-filled experiences and many have felt connected to things. All of us, many of us on the spiritual path have had some really powerful feelings and experiences of connectedness. But let me tell you, although you can spiral into fear and that can skew the experience that is happening, focusing on the love is key. This is not some toolbox of magic. That's not what it is. This is not a dark path. If there really are some beings, whether on the earth in a way, or coming from somewhere else, or interdimensional, or whatever they are, if there is some kind of darker kind of telepathy taking place, that is not what I'm talking about. I had, um, when I was observing the feed on UFOs, I happened to see fly by quite a quite a brilliant thing that someone said, and it flashed by so fast, I can't credit it to anyone. It was just something someone said on Twitter, something about telekinesis. Well, I've talked about telekinesis on this program, about how if you want to protect the planet, that's how you do it. It's like Luke Skywalker, right, you know, raising the ship or if an asteroid is approaching. If you have higher awareness, these things could become available to you. Well, someone theorized that some of these unexplainable objects could be products that move in odd ways could be products of telekinesis or some kind of an experiment in that domain. And I thought that really is a brilliant theory that's worth talking about. But, but, if that were true on this planet, using some kind of 
skill, putting a skill in quotes, as only a tool, if that were to be possible, is not what we're talking about either. It's about raising your awareness to the love and the divine and fully becoming aware of what that is. It is not elevating yourself. In fact, a good analogy, I watched the Ten Commandments, that old movie, not too long ago. I only saw part of it this time. That movie was meaningful to me in my youth because when I was young, um, I saw it at a very young age in a big theater. Um, There's a scene in the Ten Commandments and also, you know, it's based on a real, um, it's based on an account in the Bible where these magicians, snakes, I'm pretty sure it's in the Bible anyway, you got to be careful with these movies, um, the magician's snakes are consumed by this other snake that Moses creates. Well, that's kind of a, well, Moses doesn't create it. Moses prayed for the snake to appear. But then these magicians in the Egyptian court, well, they create snakes. And, you know, let's just go with the movie version right now because I don't have the verse right in front of me. And Pharaoh, you know, says, you know, that's just a cheap magician's trick. This is not about magicians' tricks. If we were able to somehow simulate this or if some beings were able to use telepathy in a dark way, that's not what we're talking about. That won't help us. That'll only get anyone so far. This is about raising our awareness to the arm. the present divine. It can happen in many ways. It can happen through um, multiple belief systems. It's about miracles that are very much possible. And we're getting to the point where we are so in the mode of mocking and denying the possibilities of spirituality or diminishing it to some kind of a parlor trick that we're losing our way. We're losing our way personally and we're losing our way globally. And the sad thing is it is the way. Now, if you are focused on a particular belief being the way, I understand that. I, I understand. And really, that that happens to a lot of people and even within interpretations of belief. It happens to all of us. And so I totally understand why that is important. While at the same time, realizing that we have to be open to being guided to truth as much as possible. And I think this isn't the time to diminish what your path is to the miracles. Healing is a perfect example. I have stated before that although I did not know him, I am, or not in a great way, I talked to him, he was, I was very young. My grandfather was a faith healer and had, was a minister who led a church. Healings took place in that church. A healing that happened in our family basically convinced others in the family of like, hey, this is real. And I, too, have seen it happen where things, there's just no explanation for something that occurs and there can be synchronicities around it. We can't lose sight of that 
non-material things that are miraculously available to us. It is an individual person's path to choose as to how to navigate through any any kind of a crisis, but it is a choice. And you raise your sights higher and things become available that you couldn't possibly have imagined. Does that mean that we don't have tools within our society that are helpful to us right now? Of course we have tools within our society that are helpful. In fact, I was walking, I was thinking about childbirth, for example, and how many women used to die in childbirth. What a what a um a very difficult journey that could be before we had more tools available to help women giving birth. And so it's a balance. Now, could we live in such a way where we were so spiritually advanced, where we didn't need those things? Yes, I fully believe that that is possible. And when it comes to thinking about extraterrestrials elsewhere, for example, which kind of we were thinking about last week, because of this hearing, pondering the existence of truly advanced extraterrestrials to me is not about reflecting on their technological prowess. It's about how high is their awareness of the loving, omnipresent, divine. They're not going to have the same paths to the divine as we have on our planet that wouldn't even really be possible. And so we have to open ourselves to to the truth and if it if it helps, you know, what is coming from the creator, however you characterize that word, but the creator, not some artificial construct, the creator. It's just that the creator and you can have a very personal experience with the divine. I I like to use the word divine, but it's really where everything came from. I mean, this is the creator. I think it, it almost diminishes any description that I could give, diminishes what this is. And that is probably why, you know, you hear the, the great I am. It's, it is what came into an it is existence it is existence itself it is creation itself and it's co-creation it is prayer it is trust it is many things it is also lifting each of us up but not elevating us in some egoic way so many people mischaracterize this this is a dark dark path if you go down the path of of the egoic approach, like you know you're going to be um, superior over someone else, or 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 however you might characterize that. That's not what it is, either. And yet, it's a very personal thing. Your relationship with the divine, your path is your path as well. How we navigate through this world, how much technology we use. Yes, you know, within really every sphere, healthcare, everything, it's 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 an individual journey. I'm using technology right now. If we didn't have a way to speak on the internet, which we didn't used to have, um I I it's interesting. I happened to see someone post an article. It was I was surprised. It was from just around the year 2000. It might have even been 2002, where there was some article about how the internet was was probably just a fad and that it's not taking hold. I found that fascinating, and I thought, gosh, was that really true around then? I would have placed that farther back, um, but I guess you know it really didn't appear. Um, I was literally at the university where the World Wide Web, as we know it, at least our interface to it, was being developed and 
I even had an opportunity without even knowing what it was to possibly work on that project. I could have worked on it, and I'm actually in a way glad that I didn't. But I didn't understand. No one explained to me at the time what it was. I thought it had, ironically, I steered away from it because I thought it was too material. I thought it had to do with networking. That's what I had heard, the the word net, when it really had to do with human relationships and communication. And had I known, I probably would have picked it. I would have done it. But, you know, we're each on the path that we're on. And as one of the people who worked on it told me at one point, I had a friend who worked on that project, not everyone got wealthy from it. And it was very much a group effort. So that is neither here nor there except to say we have these things available to us now in our world, but it doesn't make them necessary in a future world, or there may have even been a past where we knew things that we've forgotten that were important on a spiritual level. I turned before this show. I was looking for something specifically from Ralph Waldo Emerson, but without even really looking for him because the bookmark I had in my book had, was in the front of it, so it wasn't in the area. I actually turned right, well, actually, first I did turn to um, Thoreau, but then very rapidly I turned to something else, and I read it first, and then I realized, what do you know? It's by Ralph Waldo Emerson, and here we go again with the meaningful coincidences related to this program and to our lives, because that's how life can be. There can be little miracles all the time. And I'll tell you what I first turned to. This is in, now, Ralph Waldo Emerson lived between 1803 and 1882. He is known for transcendental idealism. And this essay I have quoted from in the past is called Self-Reliance, but I just turned to it. I didn't look for it. And it was written in 1841. And the part that I first turned to was, Society is a wave. The wave moves onward, but the water of which it is composed does not. The same particle does not rise from the valley to the ridge. Its unity is only phenomenal. The persons who make up a nation today next year die, and their experience dies with them, and that was one, it stood out, that's in its own paragraph, and what that's telling us, and how that's related to what I was saying, is we very well may have forgotten many important things related to spirituality in our zeal to become fully materially focused. We so overcorrected in our rush to materialism that we forgot important, important things. And not all of us have forgotten these things, but the loudest voices often shout, and very loudly and have influence in so many ways, shout that our spirituality is not real but they have not seen it. I saw something else posted on Twitter. I'm rather enjoying some of the people who post around the UFO topic, although I have to tell you the feeds themselves, there are certain feeds that are related to UFOs. They're almost all materially focused, but there, there are some people around it that are not, that are spiritually focused. And um, someone someone posted about how there was some study that if you are a skeptic, you are less likely to show evidence of intuition or see things intuitively. And yet, if you're open to the possibility, you are more likely. Now, I will say I have seen examples where someone who was in denial 
of of a spiritual thing, especially a synchronicity that was really so statistically improbable you couldn't explain it. I have seen people say, oh, that's just a coincidence. That's a, But they still saw it. They still saw the thing. It's just that how the interpretation came through was, oh, you know, if you're looking for a red car, you're going to see a red car. Well, some of these meaningful coincidences are so incredibly direct that you just can't deny them unless you choose to because that spiritual world is frightening to people who don't want to see it. It's because they they think of it in a way that is scary. A lot of atheists and agnostics attribute to the divine fearful things. And, you know, like how could the, I mean, it's a reasonable thing to say. How could the world exist in such a way with all of our hardships and the dark, cruel things that happen on this planet? Or they have some um, internal description of the divine that they're working off of that is not loving and is frightening and is not something um, that, you know, that they they just can't even conceive that there could be a divine in such a harsh world. Well, that's reasonable, truthfully. I can totally understand that because a lot of dark things happen on this planet. That is the most difficult question on the planet as to why do so many dark things happen here. And the spiritual explanation for that, coming from multiple belief systems, and let me be clear, I really do reach out on this show to people with multiple belief systems. I know that can be difficult. That doesn't mean I don't have a certain way of seeing things. It's just that I want you to follow your paths because you're in many different areas and it would be inappropriate for me to push a particular way but I'm trying to get you to focus on the love because that's where you can find the pathways that are just amazing for all of us that can help all of us Um, i know the live show i made it i am going back to 30 minute live shows just because i think that's that just works out better for the core program i never know if i'm going to go over i know i often do but those of you listening to the live show um, i do want to briefly say thank you thank you for being here and FrontierBeyondFear.com is where you can learn more about this program and also you can listen to the rest of this podcast as soon as it finishes. So I invite you to do that. And as always, a thank you to Blog Talk Radio for highlighting this program on their homepage while it's live. This program may be coming to you through other syndication platforms. And by the way, last show, I think I said many syndicates. I wouldn't say it's many. Um, I would like to increase them, but you will find that there is a choice of different syndication platforms, um, which Blog Talk Radio itself supports. So wherever you're finding this show, you are very much welcome here. And the regular airtime, which I've been quite consistently following, is Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. So thanks again to the live audience. And I see we're also the featured broadcast at the top of the live spirituality page on Blog Talk Radio today. So however you found this program, I am grateful for that avenue getting you here. Back to Ralph Waldo Emerson. So, after I found the first quote, I turned back a couple pages and I found something else that was nearby. So, I'm going to read this passage now from Self-Reliance. When a man lives with God 
actually let's let's go back a little bit. I want to go a little bit. Yes. Here's where we want to start. This is also again from the essay Self Reliance by transcendentalist Ralph Waldo Emerson. Very influential thinker who reflected very deeply and had powerful spiritual experiences. If we live truly, we shall see truly. It is as easy for the strong man to be strong as it is for the weak to be weak. When we have new perception, we shall gladly disburden the memory of its hoarded treasures as old rubbish. When a man lives with God, his voice shall be as sweet as the murmur of the brook and the rustle of the corn. And now at last, the highest truth on this subject remains unsaid, probably cannot be said, for all that we say is the far-off remembering of the intuition, that thought by what I can now nearest approach to say it, is this. When good is near you, when you have life in yourself, it is not by any known or accustomed way. You shall not discern the footprints of any other. You shall not see the face of man. You shall not hear any name. The way, the thought, the good shall be wholly strange and new. It shall exclude example and experience. You take the way from man, not to man. All persons that ever existed are its forgotten ministers. Fear and hope are alike beneath it. There is somewhat low, even in hope. In the hour of vision, there is nothing that can be called gratitude or properly joy. The soul raised over passion beholds identity and eternal causation, perceives the self-existence of truth with a capital T and right with a capital R, and calms itself with knowing that all things Go well. This is encouraging because I had defined the program before reading this where I think we all have great concern about the state of the planet right now. But the interesting thing is that no matter what happens, when you have faith and trust in the divine, Ralph Walter Emerson uses the word good. And good is a powerful, powerful word. But to me, good is also equated with love. Love, unconditional love. That love that is described in 1 Corinthians 13. That love that is the infinite divine. That love that is accessible to us. When we personally personally have an experience of that amazing love. We live within the space of its truth. If there are lower, lower beings of some kind that perhaps are telepathic, or if we're somebody's toying with some kind of little magic box with various skills, that has nothing to do with what Ralph Waldo Emerson just described, which is a higher state of awareness, a higher state of being. Things we knew before become rubbish. They just don't, they're meaningless in comparison to what this is we have been slamming the door shut on valuing personal experience of the divine 
we deny it. We mock it. We being not a we that I participate in, but as a society, more and more we go that direction. We make assumptions about it. Like people who believe in the divine, they don't, you know, they don't believe in they in in whatever I can be they can attribute many things as to what you don't perhaps believe in. That maybe, you know, I believe in the divine and I'm using technology right now, but that doesn't mean I believe that technology is the answer for humanity. In fact I actually believe that the more that it's misused the more it could be the pathway to our destruction. Am I to trust in Ralph Waldo Emerson's words that all will be well? Well, of course all will be well. All will always be be well. And um, there's a famous mystic during um, the plague who kept saying all is well, all is or all will be well. I can't remember exactly what she said. And now I can't even... Her name is escaping me at the moment, even though I've studied mystics. It'll come to me, I'm sure. Actually, I can quickly remind myself. Um, Of course, all is well in the midst of the divine. All is always well. Julian of Norwich, of course, yes. Um, Just even in the worst situation had an awareness of the divine. And in the midst of that, you transcend what's actually happening. But there can also be miracles, yes. And the existence of such things does not preclude our living within the world in which we find ourselves as to how those two meet. In fact, the dramatic miracle in my own family, the one that happened long ago, my aunt was in the hospital with polio. And she miraculously, after being prayed over, it was a very interesting situation, um, she walked. That doesn't mean... You know, she was in the hospital. She was within the domain of our world. But these miracles can happen. Do they always happen? No, they don't always happen. And we can't always explain why in one case a miracle has occurred and in another case it hasn't. We try to come up with some kind of formula, but often it's just inexplicable. And I've told this story before how there there was a minister who who died, I believe, of cancer, and nobody could believe that this had happened. And in fact, even on this show, I used to have um, a a woman who was very active in our church, and and we used to talk about how she was unable to get well within a church that believed in faith healing, and then. That was attributed to her lack of faith. The same thing happens in new thought circles where if you don't get well, well, there must be something hidden, some, you know, some dysfunction, or you're not thinking positively enough. All of these things can lead to judgment. It can lead to self-judgment. It can lead to judgment of others. What my observation has been, and certainly later situations where things just disappeared and there was no explanation for for that, that, you know, some health situation just resolved itself like that, often it's a mystery. But it can lead to our spiritual awakening. It's a mystery why sometimes it happens and why sometimes it doesn't. I have not been able to see a way of predicting it, but I have seen it happen. I have seen that it is possible. We can't lose sight of the mystery 
there is something real here. Will we harness it fully? I don't know that that's the proper way of looking at it. In fact, there have been times where I have stated it in such a way that is really not an adequate way. That's a lower way. That's an egoic way of expressing it. You cannot approach what this is without acknowledging the existence of the divine. It's not some shallow... um, It's not the magician's magic in the Egyptian court creating snakes out of nowhere. It's something greater than that. And it's also not dark. It's based in love. There is nothing more powerful than omnipresent love. And we can reach this place because it's reaching to us, because it's within us. Ultimately, even the extraterrestrial question is related to omnipresence, because we really cannot be separated over space or over time or from one another on this planet. Even so, we must value our individual experiences Societies which seek to reduce the individual to some kind of a widget or a number or some faceless personality, um, you know, where personality is not valued, that's not it either. We're clearly here on our individual paths. I believe Ralph Waldo Emerson called his essay Self-Reliance that for a reason, even while he acknowledges the divine. It doesn't mean that you're not also reaching out to the divine. But I think that he was saying, and it is true, your personal experience of the divine is your personal experience. One day when you leave this planet, you will walk that path to the other side. You will walk that path. You may have other help at the time, but you're still going to be doing this as you, as this expression, this beautiful creative expression of the divine that you are as a soul, your soul, as a person that is connected to your soul. Your personality does matter. And I know that there are those who say it doesn't matter in the midst of the greater ocean. But I'll tell you, the drops of the ocean do matter because otherwise there would be no purpose to our existence. And the reason why darkness happens here is clearly because of choice. There is no possible society, technological or otherwise, that would reduce humanity to no choices because the divine exists. And it's unhealthy for us to pursue such uniform type societies. This is not a healthy or enlightened idea. This is a very dark idea and has generally led to tremendous death and suffering on the planet whenever it's been pursued. But that doesn't mean that we elevate selfishness, which is another um, way of mischaracterizing how freely choosing when we are aware of the love helps us with those choices, and that's why we're here, to raise our awareness to discover that love and still be beautiful individuals in the midst of it. Think of all the wonderful cultures that have lived upon the planet and how they have developed. 
Another old movie I just started watching again. I haven't seen it in a while. It's The King and I. And happens, I learned as I was watching it, it came out the same year as The Ten Commandments. And I've seen this movie. Even as a child, I know I remember seeing this movie. I loved watching the little kids in this movie when I was about their same age. I was probably four years old. And I was mesmerized by the cultural richness of this movie. And yes, I'm sure it is a product of its time, which everything is. Everything is a product of its time. And it's based on a book, Anna and the King of Siam. And I have not read the book, or don't recall reading it, maybe years ago. But the thing is, in the movie, Yul Brenner plays this king who wants to bring this um, British governess, and the movie takes place in the 1800s, I believe 1872, it says at the beginning. And he keeps calling her a woman of science, how he wants to bring science um, to his land, and he wants his children to learn science. And, you know, there are there's one part where they talk about a superstition that they have about you know the world is actually on a turtle's back and traveling through the stars or to avoid the stars or something you know something that is very much from the culture and the son asks the king is that true or you know is the earth really rotating on a stick which is how the governess described it and the king says, well, you know, the he acknowledges that the, the governess teacher is correct. But the interesting thing as I was watching this, and yeah, there were, um, this movie as it goes on, and I haven't watched the whole thing yet, it's, it's rather nuanced too, because they're talking, even in the part I've seen thus far, they talk about how um, in this kingdom there is slavery, and how Lincoln at the same time that the movie takes place, is working to free the slaves in the U.S. And the the kind of disconnect between the two. And the the son says, does this mean, you know, the king, you know, the king, my father, and I, you know, what about our our slaves? And that they they did have um, slaves in that time. And I don't really know the history of that area. I know this movie takes place in Thailand. And um, unfortunately, it is true that um, slavery has been with us for a very long time. And if you study history, you'll see it's one culture after another taking control and enslaving people. And so that topic comes up, and even more powerfully as the movie continues. But the thing that really got me as I was watching this is that could there be a way to maintain cultural tradition within the midst of some modern understanding without totally throwing out all of the spiritual and cultural tradition that a society has. And of course, there has to be, because spirituality is important. But it doesn't mean that you can't acknowledge truths about the planets or, you know, observable things, although there are still many mysteries, um, more mysteries that came up this week. I saw an article, this also came up on Twitter. I, I think I'm appreciating some of these Twitter feeds more than I realize, and they're all surrounding the UFO topic, but they're not really about it. Although this particular one actually came from an old guest to the show, um, Riz Verk, because I follow him, but I happened to see it on Twitter, where he talked about how the Voyager spacecraft is, he, he shared an article about the Voyager spacecraft um, that was launched in the 70s is doing something impossible right now. And I thought, wow, isn't that interesting? Is some is some something messing with this spacecraft? I don't know. Um, because it's apparently still sending back correct signals, but its data readings are all over the map and random and incorrect. And it's a mystery how it's still functioning properly with both of these things the case. And I found that to be very symbolic 
um, in some ways, and nobody really knows. Another mystery I saw an article about was um, how the universe is expanding faster than we can explain, that it shouldn't be doing that. And they can't explain it with what we know and that basically we must assume that there's something we don't know. Well, the thing we may not know is, you know, how do we know what the impetus for that expansion was? We're always looking um, for the materialistic way, and there can be explanations. I mean, I do believe that even the supernatural, in fact, Steve Bassett said this himself, you know, that there is no such thing really that it can be explained. And although that is true to a degree, I think, um, I mean, it is true that there is only what is, and it's real. But whether we could understand everything, I think only the divine really can understand everything. And we kind of diminish it. We diminish whatever that is by suggesting there is only the material. We we cannot seem to abide with the mystery, that the mystery can exist as well as the explanations that we have for what we have. But I'm kind of deriving this from scratch as I talk. To think that we could explain it all is really the magic toolbox approach that You've got a magician's toolbox, essentially, and that you can explain every all the magician's tricks. But see, it's not a trick. And there are mysteries, and there are possibilities that are greater, and there are without a doubt things that we can't know without, you know, feeling more fully that connectedness to the awareness of the divine. I mean, technically... We're touched by the divine. We're a part of the divine. When we die, how much will we know of the divine? I cannot tell you. There could be degrees. And I do believe there is that highest level, degrees of knowing. Of course, there are degrees of of awareness of the divine. Um, That's a mystery to us now. So how are we doing on time? I've been rambling on here. All right, well, I think I am going to draw this show to a close. Let's see if I if I captured most of it. Well, just a few more things. In spirituality, there is strength and not frailty. Even if we are ill, even if it is, even if our time is done on the planet, I mean, eventually, yes, of course, we will weaken and we will leave the stage, so to speak. We will, those waves continue that Ralph Waldo Emerson describes, that society is a wave, that our experiences, I do believe that our experiences are remembered in a higher way and are, are make a difference, but a lot of things will be forgotten. But yes, but we can find strength even in the midst of diminishment. I know that sounds contradictory, but it's true. Like if you're getting older, you can still feel strong. If you're ill, you can still feel the empowerment and the strength that comes from your spiritual path. Chaos is all around us in many ways. Spirituality helps us to navigate through that. I may add the word cruelty to this list before this, right after the show in the description. Cruelty exists in the world, but it is not based in spirituality. And the more that we connect to love-based spirituality, the more diminished is our own tendency to even, to ever be within that space of cruelty or to accept it or to make excuses for it. Um, Isolation. We can be on an individual path without feeling isolated because we can feel connected to the divine and to others as well. We are never truly isolated. 
We cannot be misled if we value the truth, nor will we be a misleader. We all have degrees of this. We all make mistakes. We're all in the path of discovery. There are people listening who may think that that this is misleading in some way, but that is not my intent. I'm as interested in the truth from the Creator as anyone listening to this show, and I ask for it daily to be guided to that path based in truth. We become confused. Well, that can be quite natural on this planet. Even in the midst of confusion or not understanding everything, we can feel this clarity because we have this connection. It can feel paradoxical to to have clarity in the midst of not understanding it all. But spirituality helps us with this. This is not primitive in the sense of limiting us. You know, in that word primitive, we need to be careful with that because I think that there are people who came before us who got this more than we do. They felt their connection to the divine. But were they also doing something very dark like sacrifice or something? Well, that, of course, is not incompatible. That That is not compatible with divine love. So... There have been people who have felt this connection, who came before us. Let's just go back to Ralph Waldo Emerson and what he felt and what he talked about and that idealism he connected to. We can experience hardship. This doesn't mean you're going to have everything material that we want. We may be moving into a time where where we have to learn to live with what can feel like lack, but what you do is you realize what actually matters. Ralph Waldo Emerson talked about, you know, these things that we thought that we needed, they're like rubbish, and that can very much become true for us. We may come to a point where we value more our connection to the beauty of the earth than however many possessions we have or what's in our bank account. But that doesn't mean that we are moving a productive direction if we're being reduced to mere chattel or widgets or, you know, not people of direction and personality and choice. That's a really subtle distinction. We are here as spiritual beings exercising our free choices. Anything that devalues that is not based in love. That doesn't mean that we can't have within our society consequences for poor choices, dark choices. And even the word consequence, if we were living in a truly enlightened society, we would try to help people who, you know, out of those, Spaces, help them, um, and we don't do a very good job of that. So I'm just look. I put a lot in this description. I may want to make sure that I'm touching on every part. The keys we need are on a higher level. They're right there in front of us, but they can seem very elusive to a society overall, especially when a society does not value the spiritual, when it's in denial that there is something higher, and when it only lowers its expectations of itself. Our expectations are as high as can be. That doesn't mean we'll necessarily live as we've always lived. It doesn't mean there won't be change. But we can find peace and joy and abundance even in the midst of something that looks like it's not what we thought those things would be. But the most important thing is to realize how much we are each Loved. If a society does not value you as an individual, it is not in alignment 
with that higher love because that is how the divine works. That is what spirituality teaches us, that we are valued. Our path matters. You matter a lot. Trust. Keep trusting. Keep trusting as much as you can. Look for that trust. Look for the higher path. Miracles are around you. You will see them if you look. What we seek is here for us. We can find it, and others have too. We need it now. We need it very much. We need that trust. It is above hope. It is. It's even more than hope. We need that love that can help us find the way forward, the way we truly want to live, the way that we can be as human beings connected to the divine, not in some egoic, selfish way, but beloved. We are beloved, and we can reach that love that is right there in in every single one of us, that omnipresent love. Thank you for being here today. I hope to see you here next time. I will be back, unless occasionally I may miss a Saturday, but so far so good. Um, Saturday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, or look for the podcast. Feel free to follow the show on Blog Talk Radio, and various syndicates have ways that you can follow. It's not many, not many syndicates, but there are some and some key syndication platforms that are very helpful to you. So um, thanks, everyone, for listening. I will see you here next time. Mm -hmm.